This episode contains language that may not be suitable for all listeners. Welcome back. This is the final episode of an ongoing investigation. If this is your first time tuning in, head over to episode one. Previously on Lakeview. Maybe you crossed the line sometimes, but I know you're doing it for a good reason. I hope you find your answer. Mason, Jake wasn't the intended victim. You were. Do you know anyone who would want to hurt Mason? Anyone that has a grudge? So, there is this one thing. My name is Maria Davenport, and you're listening to Lakeview a five-part series where I attempt to understand the attempted murder of Mason Whitaker, a co-chair at Texas A&M's fish camp. Mason loves me, okay? He really does. He's so sweet to me. But there are some people that would try to ruin that. I guess it's because a lot of people know him or because of his reputation as a flirt. I don't know. We had a big fight once. I was so mad at him. I nearly ended it right then and there. And sometimes I think maybe I should have. Mason cheated on me. It almost ruined us. I refused to talk to him for days. He texted, he called, he even emailed. I cried and I cried and I cried. How could he, you know? None of my friends know. I was so embarrassed. I didn't tell anyone. The worst part was having to pretend everything was okay. And then one day, I I just couldn't cry anymore. I looked at myself in the mirror and thought, who am I? This wasn't my fault. And then one day I finally answered his call. I fully intended to break it off once and for all, but hearing him apologize, hearing the shame and the regret in his voice, I just couldn't. Obviously it was rocky after that, but as time passed, I realized that Mason caved to temptation, but it was that bitch Lexi who knowingly came for Mason came to destroy what she knew we had. I was working and wasn't in College Station over the summer while he was there with the counselors. That slut makes it seem like fish camp is the most important thing in the universe, but can't even follow those rules either. Mason had been drinking, but that didn't stop her. Doesn't that sound wrong to you? He was drinking? Uh, Where was this? At someone's house, I don't know. They went to the pool first, but eventually wound up drinking back at a counselor's place. Half of the damn camp was there. Why didn't anyone say anything to her? Fish camp? 
membership is governed by a robust set of rules and guidelines, referred to as policy. Policy represents one's official membership in the organization of Fish Camp. If you are a member of Fish Camp, then policy applies to you. Policy is infamous for its two sweeping restrictions, alcohol and intimate relations. Broadly speaking, during the policy period, counselors and staff are prohibited from drinking and forming intimate relationships within a camp. No parties, no sex. Sometime, usually in October, policy expires, relieving all counselors and staff of their membership in the organization. Long story short, they can finally stop keeping all their drinking and sex a secret. And that is the backdrop for which we set our scene. Mason and Olivia, happily in a relationship. Until that fateful afternoon in June, when Mason, the co-chair, hooks up with Lexi, the counselor. It's not just a supreme violation of policy. It violates the very foundation of his relationship with Olivia. Shortly thereafter, Olivia finds out the way they always do. Mason's phone. The proverbial smoking gun. How would you describe the state of your relationship now? Despite everything, I think it's relatively back to normal. I think working through our challenges have brought us closer than ever. What was the turning point between the period of reconciliation and the return to relative normalcy between the two of you? A couple weeks before camp, I gave him an ultimatum. Self-report his policy violation when he returns from his obligations at camp, or it's over. One final test of his loyalties. Me or camp. Me or the parties. Me or Lexi. But he's a senior. He won't be in fish camp next year. Why would you even care? Mason won't be in fish camp next year, no. But Lexi will want to be. So you're doing this to punish Lexi? Lexi? The one who thought she had free reign over my boyfriend just because he was in his little fish camp summer clique? The one who is just so passionate to be the next co-chair? The one who doesn't know how to act like a decent fucking person? Sure, if this punished her, then all the better. Lexi, were you aware of this ultimatum that Olivia had given Mason? Yeah, that was mentioned somewhere in the huge threat Olivia texted me, telling me to back off. She's a psycho. Hold on. I bet I still have that text in my phone. Lexi opens iMessage on her phone and displays a wall of text from an unsaved number. It's the only message in the conversation. Here's an excerpt from the text. F*** you, Lexi. Stay away from my boyfriend. I don't ever want you talking to him ever again. And don't expect to be hearing from him because we've made a deal. He's reporting your little fling as soon as he gets back from camp. So good fucking luck ever becoming a co-chair or whatever you're so obsessed with. Lexi only had one response. An oversized okay emoji. What was going through your mind when you saw that message? I didn't even see it for a couple hours. I was looking for parking. When I finally read through it, I just thought, whatever, I wasn't the one who cheated. In the okay emoji? Not gonna lie, I just thought it would piss Olivia off, because I don't give a shit. And clearly, she is out of her mind. She was threatening to ruin your chance at co-chair, something that means a lot to you. Surely you care a little more than that. Well, yeah, I care about that, I guess. Or, at least I did at the time. I don't care about it anymore. But, 
even if Mason did put that policy breach in his evaluation of me, I could still maybe get counselor again for my third year. I know worse people than me who have gotten third year. You know what, Maria? Sure, I cared. I still do. And Olivia is batshit silly for trying to come after my entire life like that just because her boyfriend chose me over her. Mason should be the one she comes after, not after me and my chances of advancement in an organization I've devoted my heart and soul to. I'll be honest. I've been suspicious about Lexi. Ever since we uncovered that Mason was the intended victim, not Jake, it seems that the more I learn about Lexi, the more the story doesn't seem to be in her favor. Here's the case against Lexi Nelson. Number one. It's been obvious that Lexi is passionate about rising to the position of co-chair in Fish Camp. An organization I've devoted my heart and soul to. And Mason's report of their affair would assuredly destroy her chances of being selected for the role. Lexi has motive. Olivia's ultimatum to Mason was that his confession to the policy breach would be handed in when he returns from fish camp. Mason can't hand in the report if he never makes it back. Not to mention that Mason's death, if he really is the intended victim, would be one final blow in the feud between Lexi and Olivia. Number two. It was Lexi who led me to El Paso in order to investigate Nicole Serrano. I've heard a rumor. Have you heard of Nicole Serrano? She was the only one who shared with me her suspicions for the Lakeview murderer. It may be nothing, but to me, that sounds like someone possibly trying to deflect the blame onto a distraction. And really, those are the only facts we have so far. After all of the interviews, all of the investigations, we lack much solid, irrefutable proof. But even then, what we do know doesn't look good for Lexi, and the circumstantial evidence incriminates her even more. Perhaps it's in poor taste to begin accusing people on so little, but then again, I'm not a jury. to get to the heart of the matter. Here's what I think happened. The spring semester concludes. Mason and Olivia are supposedly happy and confident in the relationship. Olivia leaves College Station for the summer for work, and Mason stays in town. He hangs out with his fish camp clique, which includes Lexi. It's June by this point, and Lexi and Mason have been spending a lot of time together. At a rule-breaking get-together involving alcohol, they hook up. Olivia eventually finds out. She, understandably, is furious. Olivia cuts off contact with Mason until she comes to terms with his actions and presents Mason with the ultimatum. Report his policy-breaking affair after he returns to fish camp, or else Olivia is gone for good. Mason agrees to these terms and is back together with Olivia. Olivia, now furious at Lexi for, quote, stealing her boyfriend, tells Lexi to back off, and also tells Lexi about her plan to report the affair to fish camp director staff. Lexi knows that she can't allow this report to damage her reputation and destroy her chances of becoming a co-chair. She has to act. Session F of fish camp arrives, 
and the lime-clad Camp Swift is in full swing. It's now day three. Mason leaves his water bottle unattended during the Camp Yell competition, and Lexi makes her move, poisoning the iceberry blue inside. He brings said bottle with him as he checks on intramurals. Instead of drinking it, however, he provides it to an overheated freshman. He asked for a drink after intramurals since he lost his water bottle. Mine was filled with iceberry blue from lunch, but I think he would have been happy to drink anything at that point. Jake downs the entire bottle of iceberry blue, empties it. Everyone heads into the dining hall for dinner. Jake grabs his food and the poison reaches full effect. He collapses. He's evacuated. He doesn't survive the night. The next morning, the final day of Session F, an autopsy confirms Jake was poisoned. Police swarm Lakeview. There's only one problem. They're looking for the person who wanted Jake McElroy dead, not the person who wanted Mason Whitaker dead. The immediate and very frantic investigation concludes. Session F is sent home, and Session G, what would have been my session, was canceled. Surely the irony isn't lost on you. Lexi Nelson, driven by her sheer obsession to be a leader in Texas A&M's freshman orientation program, murders one of her very own freshmen. Thus rests my case against Lexi Nelson. I'm not a criminal investigator. I'm not a detective. I'm not an attorney. I'm not even a crime reporter. I don't have the power to convict anyone of this crime. I'm just a student with a special interest in the unsolved murder of Jacob McElroy. Although I have theories on what happened, who did what, when, and where, that's really all they are at the end of the day. Theories. This is not a court of law, and even if it were, I really have no concrete proof. And after all of this time, even after all of the conclusions I've reached, I cannot arrest Lexi Nelson. All I have is circumstantial evidence against someone. As much as I want to be certain, I am not. When I started this, coming to a definite conclusion seemed so easy. But in the end, it wasn't. Despite all I've uncovered, we may never know what really happened to Jake that August afternoon at Lakeview. Good afternoon. I'd like to thank everyone for attending today, and I appreciate your patience. Once again, our thoughts and prayers to the McElroy family and the Texas A&M community as they continue to grieve this loss, and we grieve with them. Ladies and gentlemen, as we move forward in the murder investigation of 18-year-old Jacob McElroy, it is only appropriate that I thank our law enforcement personnel from many departments and branches who have spent many, many hours on this investigation, as well as valuable new information recently provided by a student at Texas A&M University. Today, we are pleased to announce the warrant for murder in the first degree. The warrant was signed this morning on an individual by the name of Alexis Rebecca Nelson from Flower Mound, Texas. The suspect was brought into custody this morning and will begin sentencing later this week. At this time, I'm going to turn it over to Captain Lee Hilficker, our public information officer.
Texas A&M University, home of a lot of traditions. But the post to which all of these traditions are tethered is a tradition of brotherhood, of camaraderie, of an undying spirit, binding Aggies across generational and social and spiritual divides. But what occurs when that aura is shattered? When someone assaults the very soul of this institution in the most detestable way imaginable, a murder in cold blood. The murder of Jake McElroy at Fish Camp remains a recent collective trauma, but I made it my mission to embark on this challenging and precarious dive into the heart of this crime and the people surrounding it to get a picture of what could have occurred that August day, who could have committed such a heinous act of violence, and even perhaps why. Mason, did you ever actually turn in that report? No. I didn't. Just couldn't bring myself to do it. finest source of news. We are on Twitter at Mugdown, Facebook at facebook.com slash Mugdown, Instagram at The Mugdown, and we publish our normal daily content at Mugdown.com. If you enjoyed Lakeview, please take a moment to share the show with someone in your life. Drop it in a group me, a quick text, or on social media. We'd really appreciate it. Special thanks to everyone who was a part of this project. Maria was voiced by me, Jonna Pionzik. Olivia was voiced by Anne Balderrama. Lexi was voiced by Morgan Reif. Mason was voiced by Bobby Ramirez. Evan was voiced by Andrew Armstrong. Nicole was voiced by Charlotte Jolly. Madison was voiced by Courtney Kielbasa. Sarah was voiced by Hannah Smith. Erica was voiced by Jamie Madison. Chief Eberhardt was voiced by Dylan Clay. Seth was voiced by Dakota Riggs. Bianca was voiced by Emily Ayub. Lakeview was written, produced, and edited by Travis McClendon and Zach Andrews. Special thanks to other members of the Mugdown who helped in this project, but remain anonymous. Theme music was recorded by Blue Dot Sessions. Lakeview is a work of fiction, and any names or likenesses depicted in this show are completely coincidental.